Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, 730 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. It is uh, a green day on the screen so far, maybe in honor of the Masters. Futures higher in the U.S. One of the stocks that is up, Yahoo, shares up uh, 1.1% this morning so far. On signs, somebody wants them. The parent company of the U.K.'s Daily Mail newspaper is in talks with private equity firms of apparently some sort of uh, bid uh, for the uh, for the uh, for the service or parts thereof. Uh, headlines just crossing the Bloomberg Professional Canadian Pacific is ending its efforts to merge with Norfolk Southern. We'll keep an eye on that story as uh, those headlines continue to break. Uh, Canadian Pacific is, uh, uh, let's see here, withdrawing its resolution asking Norfolk Southern uh, shareholders to vote in favor of the merger. Uh, no details yet on why. People with knowledge of the matter say Standard Chartered seeking to sell at least $4.4 billion of assets in Asia, pairing its balance sheet, uh, booking record impairments. And, of course, Alcoa kicking off earnings for the S&P 500 after the bell today. We'll talk with Sam Stovall of S&P in just a few moments. But first, we're going to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael? Mike, thank you very much. Republican presidential candidate hopeful Donald Trump is blasting the Boston Globe, calling the newspaper worthless and stupid. Yesterday, the Globe had a satirical fake front page on a potential Trump presidency. The fake front page is dated April 9, 2017, and its main story is about Trump calling for deportations. The Hillary Clinton campaign has released a new ad attacking the Republican frontrunner, Donald Trump. The ad is aimed at New York voters and features Trump's comments on women, Mexicans, and Muslims. Secretary of State John Kerry is in Japan for a meeting with foreign ministers of the world's biggest industrialized nations. Kerry, along with the others from the G7, visited a revered memorial to Hiroshima's atomic bombing today. Kerry delivered a message of peace and hope for a nuclear-free world. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Now it's time for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashauer. And, John, uh, got to admit, Jordan Spieth plays golf like I do sometimes. Well, <laughs> you didn't think so, but, yeah, for a little bit of a moment yesterday he did. He, George Spieth, Mike, had already made room in his closet for a second green jacket, led the Masters the whole way, just as he did a year ago as he made the turn to the back nine, had a five-shot lead, and then stunningly two bogeys and the quadruple bogey with consecutive shots on the par 3 12 hole landing in the water. Went from up five to down three. And 28-year-old Danny Willett took advantage. Final round 67. He's only the second from the U.K. to win the Masters. The story that's driven the NBA for six months, would Golden State break the record for greatest regular season ever? They're about to. A win Wednesday over Memphis. And the Warriors will finish 73-9. and One more win than Michael Jordan's Bulls of 1996. The Steph Curry-led Warriors. First road team all year to win at San Antonio, 92-86. to Golden State's first win at San Antonio in 19 years. Knicks and Nets both lost. So did the Islanders and the Mets, beaten by the Phillies 5-2. to two. With Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. 
Thank you, John. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the National Hockey League season is over, and the playoffs are about to begin. Uh, Tom and I will be on opposite sides of that debate, so be prepared for that uh, as we go forward here on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee with Tom Keen. Futures higher this morning. S&P E-minis up by seven points, four-tenths of a percent, a three-tenths gain for Dow futures. They're up 56 points right now. The stock 600 in Europe is up two points, six-tenths of a percent. Earnings season kicks off today. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report comes first, brought to you by the New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year and applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon. Michael, thank you. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A whole new definition of real estate underwater. Scientists, preservationists, architects, and public officials are meeting this week to discuss how to adapt to rising seas and preserve historic structures. The conference is taking place appropriately in one of the threatened areas, Newport, Rhode Island. Scientists forecast sea levels will rise anywhere from several inches to several feet by 2100. Apple's legal fight over data security isn't over yet in a New York court, even after the government dropped a demand for the company's help in accessing a California terrorist iPhone because someone else found a way to crack it. The Justice Department said it'll keep fighting to force the company to help get data off an accused drug dealer's phone in Brooklyn because Apple provided similar assistance in the past. At the same time, an alleged gangster's iPhone is at the center of another fight over data security in Massachusetts. And how you doing, Tiger? The answer isn't great, but there is reason for possible optimism. The world's count of wild tigers roaming forests from Russia to Vietnam has gone up for the first time in more than a century, with some 3,890 more than half of them in India, counted by conservation groups and national governments. Experts say, though, that it may just be survey methods are better. Tigers are considered endangered species under constant threat from habitat loss and poachers. Ministers from 13 countries are meeting for three days in New Delhi starting today as they work toward doubling the world's tiger population. And that's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. Tiger, tiger, burning bright. <laughs> Let's not do that. All right, a little more details here. Uh, not a lot on Canadian Pacific ending its efforts to merge with Norfolk Southern. That news breaking just a short time ago. The press release from Canadian Pacific suggests that with no path to a friendly merger at this time, we will turn all of our focus and energy to serving our customers uh, according to Canadian Pacific. So it looks like uh, they anticipated a negative uh, reaction from Norfolk Southern shareholders, and they do not want to do a hostile takeover. So Canadian Pacific ending its efforts to merge with Norfolk Southern. That news breaking just a short time ago. This is, of course, the opening day. Not of the National Hockey League playoffs, but of earnings season for the first quarter. Alcoa, after the bell, Reporting. I mean, we can be picky and say that some companies have already reported, but we won't go there. Sam Stovall is with S&P Global Market Intelligence. He's an equity analyst, and he keeps track of what we are forecasting, expecting, and likely to happen during this season ahead. And it's uh, it's often, uh, Sam, like um, you know the the opening of baseball season or football season or whatever, where we say who who are the winners and who are the losers going to be. This year seems, if you were going to describe the S&P 500 this year, it sounds like nobody's going to make the playoffs. (laughs) 
Well, good morning, Mike. Uh, well, it looks as if uh, those that are going to make the playoffs, they're very few and far between. Uh, for the first quarter, consumer discretionary is the only outstanding quarter expected to, be, to show an 11.4% gain in operating results. Telecom is going to be half that, up 5.1%. Um, and then healthcare just sort of eking out a 2.9% increase. Everybody else expected to be in negative territory with materials down almost 19% and energy expected to post its first loss on record uh, since we've been capturing their operating results since uh, the last 26 years. Yeah, I note that, uh, at least according to, I know that the Bloomberg methodology and the S&P methodology are a little bit different, but Bloomberg is saying 100% drop in uh, profits compared to the same quarter a year ago for energy? Yes, well, energy has just been having such a difficult time. Uh, we've been seeing declines of more than 50% for each of the four quarters in 2015, um, looking for an outright loss in this first quarter of 2016, uh, and then still being off by more than 10% by the fourth quarter of this year. So energy is still just having an awful lot of problems, uh, one reason being that we estimate that oil prices will average around $37 a barrel this year, and we have found that energy earnings have had a 92% correlation with the price of oil. So obviously, as goes the price of oil, so goes earnings. Well, before we have to take a break here, let me ask you this. How much faith can we put in analysts' estimates? Because every year uh, they seem to be so much more pessimistic than where we end up. And, and I'm speaking specifically of energy now. The, it seems like the majors always find a way. Oh, you're absolutely right. The, the majors found a way to do so in 2008, 2009. Um, and I think you're absolutely correct when you say that prices lead fundamentals, but price declines, I think, also influence fundamentals, meaning that because prices have been down so dramatically for the stocks within the sector, I think a lot of analysts have just decided to really slash their earnings estimates and say, you know what, I don't want to be the blade of grass that's sticking up. I'm going to just sort of slash and I will wait to raise them later if need be. But right now, in a sense, they're letting the trend uh, decide where the earnings growth will be. All right, let's come back with Sam Stovall of uh, S&P and continue our conversation about earnings season. Alcoa today, after the bell, supposed to make two cents a share. Um, that is like a 90% decline from last year. We'll talk more about uh, Alcoa, about earnings about what to expect. Is this the worst that we're going to see in 2016? This is Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Engine Block & Engine, named the best accounting firm in North America for the sixth year in a row by Hedgeweek.com. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts at low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. 
Canadian Pacific Railway ended efforts to buy Norfolk Southern Corporation after the U.S. carrier rejected several proposals. U.S. stock index futures, meanwhile, are rising with investors bracing for the start of what's forecast to be the biggest earnings slump since the financial crisis. S&P E-mini futures up about 8 points. Dow E-mini futures up 62. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 19. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. The DAX in Germany is up 1.1%. CAC in Paris up 6 tenths percent. FT100 little change. Ten-year Treasury down 6.30 seconds. The yield 1.73%. NYMEX crude oil down 6 tenths percent or 23 cents to 39.49 a barrel. COMEX gold is up half percent or $6.70 to 12.50.50 an ounce. The euro, $1.1404. The yen, 108.22. And Alcoa is scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karamaska, thank you very much. We are talking about uh, the most important news out there for investors today. The hockey playoffs begin. Um, Tom and I will be discussing that at length later. Uh, also today, uh, as I understand it, it's earnings season. Um, Alcoa reporting after the bell. Sam Stovall with us from uh, S&P Market Intelligence, um, equity analyst there. And uh, I don't know if he has a favorite hockey team he's following into the playoffs, but uh, he does follow all of the uh, earnings news. And we were talking about the, the big declines we are expecting uh, for most of the sectors, Sam. Uh, and I wanted to ask, is this going to be the worst uh, of it for the year uh, because the the disconnect seems to be between the economy, which seems to be muddling along just fine, and the uh, and the corporate earnings, uh, which don't. Yes, I think that this is going to be the worst quarter, uh, but you know, unfortunately we've said that over the last couple of quarters. Uh, but right now, S&P Capital IQ estimates showing more than an 8% decline in operating results for the first quarter of 2016. Yeah. Down about 3% in the second quarter. I can hear uh, Tom clearing his throat. Uh, and then up 45 and then 9% for the rest of the year. So I think we're probably going to see a bit of a V-shaped recovery for the overall market, primarily because the drag from energy will be lessened as the comparables get a lot easier. Uh, and if you take out energy for the, all of the earnings for this year, uh, the S&P would be up about 35 percent in earnings rather than the expected gain of only 0.7 percent. Sam, I was clearing my throat because I looked at the Standard & Poor's dividend ETF, which is 60 of your companies bundled in for dividend growth. Let me cut to the chase, folks. It's near record high, and with dividend reinvestment, it's way out to a new high. Would you like to make 14.4 percent per year from the bottom, the bear market bottom of 09. Sam, when does the dividend consumer discretionary game end, or does a grizzled pro like you keep him at five-star forever? <laughs> well, you're talking about NOBL, which is the uh, the ETF that follows the S&P dividend aristocrats. These are companies that have increased their cash payouts to investors in each of the last 25 years. Um, they have also shown a pretty low beta versus the overall market, and I guess the old saying goes, if you lose less on the way down, you have less to make up when you recover overall. Uh, right now, the dividend yield on the S&P 500 at 6 that on the 
year note. And since 1953, whenever we've had that kind of a setup, uh, stocks have done exceptionally well, up almost 20% year on year, and also gaining more than 80% of the time. So no guarantee, okay. but it still makes them attractive. When does that party end or historically how does it end that's a huge question for everybody Absolutely. And I think that uh, as a result, you really don't want to be yielding to temptation, to use a bad pun, uh, focus on the fundamentals as well. Right now, the uh, valuations for the dividend aristocrats are at a slight premium to their long-term average. Uh, right now, they're trading at about a 7% premium. Normally, they trade at a 2% premium, this going back over the past 20-so years. Um, so I would say you have to be careful. Careful. Um, don't just buy into something because it offers a nice yield. Make sure that the growth prospects are also there. Where do we find growth prospects these days? Well, the, uh, we just mentioned the uh, consumer discretionary category expected to post double-digit earnings increases for each of the four quarters of this year. Um, we're expecting healthcare to also post mid to higher single-digit gains, averaging close to 6% for all of 2016. Um, and really, those are the only two that are consistently expected to show earnings increases for the year. Now, is it fair to look at sectors? Uh, I mean, should we be looking at, when you say those are the only two, yeah, well, those are sectors, but there's got to be uh, some companies that are doing things right within the downbeat sectors. You were talking about the majors in, in energy. Right, right. Well, you're bringing up another good point, sort of similar to what Tom was mentioning. The dividend aristocrats are 25 years of increasing uh, cash payouts. You could take that one step further to say, well, what about increasing earnings and dividends over an extended period? Here we've got the S&P quality ranks, which are letter grades, A minus A, A plus, showing consistency of raising earnings over the last uh, 10 years years, and taking a look at stocks in the energy category, uh, what you find are actually are none that fit that category <laughs> right now. Uh, so you really have to look to other areas, typically in the consumer staples category, um, all, like uh, Walt Disney is one, uh, also the CVS Healthcare would be another one. So a lot of your a little more boring names, um, taking that back, right. international business machines is one that has an A-plus ranking right now. See, that's why we love Sam Stoll. Did you see what he just did there? Yeah. He said international business machines like an adult. <laughs> I mean, very few people. When you look at the Walt Disney Company or the Ford Motor Company, with a low nominal GDP, Sam Stova, we don't want to be yield hogs or dividend pigs. What's a good dividend growth right now? To me, it's not even double-digit anymore. you got to go to high single-digit. Oh, absolutely. Right now, I mean, with the dividend yield on the 500 being about 2.2%, um, when you're looking at the dividend aristocrats, N-O-B-L, uh, or the older one, S-D-Y, the high-yield aristocrats, you know, you're dealing with maybe a 2.5% um, yield for the companies on average. So I would be saying that you want to look for something 25 to 3%, uh, make sure you're not overpaying, um, make sure that the valuations are attractive. Mm -hmm but also that a company is not borrowing in order to right. meet that dividend. Mm -hmm. So 
look for a uh, payout ratio on cash flow of maybe 70% or less. Where's Where are you on health care? It had such a run off the Affordable Care Act. And um, again, folks, there's stocks there that they're not in a bear market. They're not in a slit-your-wrist weekend doom and uh, gloom. I'm not going to mention the names. I don't think it's appropriate. But some of these quality health care stocks simply break out to new highs. Well, we're still favorable on the healthcare group, um, primarily because uh, we, we had last year uh, the greatest number of new entities approved by the FDA in the past 20 years. So you have the potential for new blockbuster drugs that will be coming on board over the next couple of years. Uh, you still have the Affordable Care Act uh, that is causing 12.7 million people to be enrolled in health insurance. Uh, yes, drug companies have taken it upon themselves to reduce uh, some of the price increases that were initially uh, in place to be uh, to be seen. But because of the political um, framework backdrop right now, it's not certainly a good time in which to be raising prices. So I still think it's a, a good area, but you're, you're looking at only about 3% earnings growth mm-hmm. this quarter and then maybe 6% for the full year, yeah. much better than the market and also, therefore, trading at uh, lower valuations. Sam Stovall with us, folks, from uh, S&P Capital Markets. Thank you so much this morning. Greatly appreciate that. Michael, let's summarize the Jack Lou. Um, headlines. Uh, again, this is a new essay out of foreign affairs. Is that correct? Or yes, that just right? out this morning. Uh, Jack Lew, the Treasury Secretary, writing a very lengthy defense of the Obama administration's efforts to rebuild the U.S. economy and to keep the global economy propped up, talks in some specifics about currencies in particular, that mm-hmm. uh, it is important countries don't manage their currencies for competitive advantage. Uh, talks about the need to pass the uh, trade, uh, the yeah. specific partnership. And the uh, Export-Import Bank as well, which yeah. is expected. I mean, there's no surprise yeah. uh, with that. But uh, Lou calls yeah. for sustaining U.S. leadership in global economy. It's just interesting. It comes out the same day he's meeting, the president is meeting with Janet yeah. Yellen. Uh, it seems to be a concerted White House effort to push back against the idea that the U.S. economy is in big trouble. Yeah, well, there it is. We're trying to give you perspective. Through the weekend, lots of, I, I thought, you know, on the inflammatory meter, it was somewhat gloomy. OMG, the world's going to end this weekend. Not not out to excesses, but nevertheless, it was there. We're trying to give you a reset for Monday morning uh, with uh, relatively grizzled experts with their cautions and their enthusiasms about the different markets. Another hour of Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning.